While there's been a lot of talk surrounding South Carolina's freshman class, and deservedly so, there are multiple veteran players who could break out for the Gamecocks in 2023. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast, and you can find my written work, as always, over on Gamecocks Digest on SI.com. Thank you all so much for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch for your team every day. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we've had a lot of talk surrounding specific players on South Carolina's football team over the past few weeks. Obviously, we've talked a lot about Spencer Rattler in this new offense under Dow Loggins. We've talked about Antoine Juice Wells a good amount. And we've also talked about a lot of the true freshmen that could factor in heavily for the Gamecocks this upcoming season. But there's also a group of veterans on this football team that could break out for the Gamecocks in 2023. And for today's show, I want to talk about all of those potential players. A lot of guys on the defensive side of the ball, for sure. But we're going to start off with the offensive side of the ball. And probably the one guy that everybody is pointing to as a likely breakout candidate for South Carolina this season. And that is wide receiver Xavier Leggett. In 2022, Xavier Leggett recorded 18 receptions for 167 receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns. That was the best season of his career by far to this point. But Xavier Leggett is looking to do a whole heck of a lot more than that this fall. So why is it that Xavier could break out? Well, there's a few good reasons here. One, Xavier Leggett has got increased confidence due to the performance that he put together in the Gator Bowl against the Fighting Irish. In that game, Leggett recorded seven catches for 78 receiving yards and two touchdowns, which was by far the best game of his entire career. And it was even more impressive when you think about it this way. Josh Van could not play in that game because of injury. Jalen Brooks could not play because he was apparently ineligible at that point. And Antoine Juice Wells, we talk a lot about the really good performances he had against Tennessee and Clemson to end the regular season, but he did not really show up in that bowl game against Notre Dame. Xavier Leggett, in all honesty, was the Gamecocks' best receiving target that night. And there's no doubt that the South Carolina native had to have had a lot of confidence coming out of that game that he carried over into the offseason. And that's the second point that I want to bring up. It has been said by wide receivers coach Justin Stepp that Xavier Leggett had the best offseason out of all of the wideouts in that room. That he has been intentional about trying to get extra work out there on the practice field, even after all of these guys are done with workouts and with practice. 
And the part that I love the most that Justin Stepp said about all this is that Xavier Leggett has been bringing along other wide receivers, including some young guys in that room. I love hearing that because, one, it brings about really good camaraderie when you have a veteran like Xavier Leggett that's willing to go out of his way to do that. But also, I have to say, it kind of feels like that Xavier Leggett is doing that because maybe he has a little bit of regret in terms of maybe he feels like he could have pushed himself a little bit more early on in his college football career. I'm not saying that's the case. I certainly don't want to put words in Xavier Leggett's mouth, but it certainly sounds like good reasoning for why he might be trying to bring some of these other guys along as a way of saying, hey, you need to get after it out here when no one else is doing so. I wish I would have done that more. That's kind of the vibe that I get from Xavier Leggett doing that, and I love that. And the last reason why I think Xavier Leggett could break out for South Carolina this season is simply because of the fact he is going to be lining up on the opposite side of the field of Antoine Juice Wells. Juice Wells is obviously the de facto number one in this receiver room. Nobody is going to deny or argue against that. He is going to garner a lot of attention from opposing defenses this upcoming fall. There's going to be a lot of coverages that are going to be shifted more towards Juice Wells' side of the field simply because everyone knows what he can do, even in the biggest of games. And that is going to open the door for Xavier Leggett to get plenty of one-on-one opportunities where he can use either his physicality, his six foot three, 227-pound frame, or his speed to beat his man both before and after the catch. There's a lot of good reason to believe that Xavier Leggett could very well be the biggest breakout candidate for this team this season. His coach has said that he has had the best offseason, and there's been other people that have come out and said that there's been a lot of positive talk around number 17 this offseason and what he could do this upcoming fall, and I'm right there with them. I think Xavier Leggett could definitely be a breakout player for the Gamecocks in 2023. Now, the next player that I want to talk about is cornerback O'Donnell Fortune. Now, Fortune had a decent 2022 season considering the fact that he was a backup for the most part. He racked up 16 total tackles, two pass breakups, two interceptions, one forced fumble, and one touchdown. So why could O.D. Fortune break out? Well, the first reason is a similar one that I just talked about with Xavier Leggett. He's got confidence coming out of that Gator Bowl performance that he had against Notre Dame. It was just the second start of the season for O'Donnell Fortune and his third start of his entire career when he played against the Irish this past December. Cam Smith was moving on to the NFL. Darius Rush, because of injury, was not able to play in that game and thought it would be best to go ahead and start training for the NFL draft. So, Fortune finally got his first really big opportunity, and he turned in the best performance of his career. According to Pro Football Focus, in the 80 snaps that O'Donnell Fortune played in that game, he had a 90.9 overall grade. He had a 92.2 coverage grade in 36 coverage snaps, and he also had a 78.8 tackling grade. Essentially, O'Donnell Fortune was elite that night against Notre Dame. So, you know that he has got to have a ton of confidence coming out of that contest. 
The second reason why O'Donnell Fortune could be a breakout candidate for the Gamecocks is simply scheme continuity. The Gamecocks now have a solid nucleus of players on the defensive side of the ball. They're going to their third year in Clayton White's defensive scheme. O'Donnell Fortune is one of those players. Continuity sometimes is an overused term in this sport, but in this case, when it comes to individual development, I think it's huge for O'Donnell Fortune that he is going to his third season in this system as he is stepping into a much bigger and expanded role in this defense. And lastly, the guys he's going to have around him. O'Donnell Fortune, the thing I like about this situation for him, he is not stepping into a situation where there's a bunch of, say, freshmen or sophomores that have never started games that are going to be relying on him to sort of lead the entire group. Because O'Donnell Fortune, he's going to his fourth college football season. But luckily for him, he's not going to be the one that's got to lead. He's going to have those guys around him to help him out. Marcel Style is certainly one. David Spaulding, a fifth-year senior, he's going to be another guy that can help him out. And the two safeties in Nick Evan, Warren, D.Q. Smith, who, yes, are both true sophomores, but they both were freshman All-Americans last year. They're certainly not your typical sophomores. So, he's going to be able to lean on those other guys when he needs to, and therefore, in my opinion, O'Donnell Fortune's not going to be as stressed in certain situations, and he's going to be able to focus a lot more on his own assignment in each individual play, rather than have to worry about what everybody else has got going on around him. I think that's huge for him, especially considering the fact that Fortune seems like he's more soft-spoken, at least based on what we're able to gather when he talks to the media. So, for that reason, him having all the help that he has around him, I think is going to be huge for him as the Gamecocks progress throughout the 2023 football season. Now, we're going to continue this conversation with a few more guys on the defensive side of the ball in just a couple of moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off. We're just less than a few weeks away, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. The New York Jets are currently going through hard knocks, and typically what happens is when people watch hard knocks, they have a much better feeling about that team. Some people even sit there and legitimately think, you know something, I could see that team winning the Super Bowl. In this case, the New York Jets have odds listed at plus 1,800 according to FanDuel to win the Super Bowl. So you can bet on the Jets and hope that they win a ton this regular season to get extra bonus bets that you could use on spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Welcome back to this Thursday edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day in just 30 minutes. As always, thank you to each of you everydayers for always tuning in to the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. South Carolina is going to allow the media to come and watch a little bit of their practice later this morning, or depending on when you may have watched today's show, we may have already seen some of practice. So I plan to either do a live show or talk about 
what I saw during practice on Friday's show. So be sure to stay tuned into the Locked On Gamecocks podcast for some of the latest observations from South Carolina's fall camp practices. Now, let's continue our conversation regarding some of the biggest breakout candidates for South Carolina's football team in 2023. And the next guy I want to talk about is another defensive back in David Spaulding. In 2022, David Spaulding racked up seven total tackles, four pass breakups, one interception, and one forced fumble. So why do I think David Spaulding is going to break out? Well, I've got a few reasons here. One, most importantly, David Spaulding is healthy. David Spaulding was banged up last season. I believe only played in three or four games because of that. The Missouri game was the last appearance that he made. I believe after that game, he wound up having surgery on an injury that he had in his lower body. In spring ball, he was limited then. And now, David Spaulding is 100%. I spoke to him a little bit at USC's Media Day event a couple weeks ago, and he told me that he's healthy. He is good to go for the 2023 season. So, first and foremost, David Spaulding, it seems like he's going to be available to a much higher degree in 2023. That is certainly going to help him out more than anything else. But, like I mentioned earlier with O'Donnell Fortune, David Spaulding is going to his third season in Clayton White's defense. So, because of that, he's going to have a much better understanding of what Clayton White expects out of this defense, some of the calls, some of the Little details now that he can add in there now that he's going into his third year as South Carolina's defensive coordinator. David Spaulding is not going to be behind the eight ball in terms of understanding what Clayton White wants these guys to do. So once again, you cannot underestimate that. That's going to be a very important factor for a guy like David Spaulding if he is going to break out this year. The last reason why I think he could be a big-time breakout player for this defense is David Spaulding, his strengths lie in rush defense. And in my opinion, that is going to help out South Carolina significantly this upcoming season. It has been a big point of emphasis from this whole defensive coaching staff, from Shane Beamer, and from some of these players this offseason. Rush defense has got to improve. It has been South Carolina's biggest kryptonite on defense over the past couple years, and in some cases it's been their biggest kryptonite as an entire football team. And the defense is going to work really hard to change that. David Spaulding could be a guy that helps them solve some of those issues. He is a very good tackler based on some of his pro football focus grades he had last year. I believe he had three rush defense grades of 61.7 or higher in three of his four appearances in 2022. And that included a really good showing against the Kentucky Wildcats, where he racked up five total tackles, one pass breakup, one interception, and one forced fumble. By far the best game of David Spaulding's Gamecock career to this point. And I think David Spaulding, if he can just stay healthy this season, with the scheme continuity, him going into his third year in this system, I think that he's a guy that, look, I'm not saying he's going to be, say, an all-SEC type player, but I could certainly see him being an extremely reliable rush defender at that nickel corner spot. So, David Spaulding, I certainly don't think that he should be slept on when the Gamecocks go into the 2023 season and kick things off against North Carolina on September 2nd. Another guy I want to talk about on the defensive side of the ball, let's talk about a linebacker now in Stone Blanton. Now, the interesting part about Stone Blanton is 
I talked to Clayton White for just a little bit at USC's Media Day event a couple weeks back, and right as I was walking up to the table, I caught the very tail end of a conversation that he was having with another reporter that was there at the table. And that reporter had asked him, who are some guys that we need to watch out for on defense? Maybe some guys that could break out. And he mentioned multiple names, and one of them was Stone Blanton. Now, Clayton White did end up admitting that he's a little bit biased when it comes to that because of the fact Stone Bland does play at the linebacker position, the position that Clayton White coaches. So I could definitely see Stone Blanton being a guy that breaks out for this Gamecock defense in 2023 for a couple reasons. One, and we've talked about this several times now on this show, the way that Stone Bland approaches the game of football, he has gotten a lot of praise from head coach Shane Beamer himself for the way that he approaches football. Stone Bland is a guy that has a first guy in, last guy out type of mentality when it comes to the work that he puts in, both in the weight room and in the film room. He's a workout warrior and he's a film junkie. And for a guy that plays a linebacker position in a way, you've got to be all in when it comes to studying film. And Stone Bland is definitely one of those guys. In year one, He was learning the system. He was adjusting to the college game. He probably was not in the exact shape that he wanted to be in relative to where he is at now. So you could see how maybe he didn't have the biggest impact in year one. But year two, I could absolutely see him exploding because of the work ethic that he shows day in and day out. Another thing that has not been discussed a whole lot. Stone Planet coming into college He had a bit of a shoulder issue, or at least he had a history of shoulder issues dating back to high school. He wore a shoulder brace in 2022. I don't remember which shoulder it was, but the point being is Stone Bland for the longest time seemed to have some concerns about that shoulder and possibly re-injuring it. Well, because of the shape that he is in now, and because of how much he has taken care of his body, the commitment that he has made, again, both in the weight room and in the film room, Stone Blanton now, he's a lot more confident as a football player, and he's a lot more confident in where he is at health-wise. He no longer wears that shoulder brace. And I think that that is awesome. I think that that is something that, again, should not just go over everybody's head, because when it comes to an athlete getting over a history of injuries with a certain joint. For some athletes, they don't ever fully get over their injury history. It always sticks with them. It's always in the back of their mind. And it kind of seems like that that was what was going on with Stone Blanton this past season. But apparently now, that's no longer holding him back, mentally speaking. And I think that that is awesome to hear. And I hope that that means that he's going to be more willing to sort of get on into the box and get after some of these ball carriers in 2023. And he showed that in the spring game. Stone Bland was a lot more decisive when it came to diagnosing which gap that he needed to run through in order to meet the ball carrier, instead of just kind of overthinking, which it seemed like at times last year that he was thinking a bit too much about where he needed to go. And by the time he made his decision, it was either too little too late, or he wound up kind of finding himself in the wrong gap. Again, with everything I just said, I don't think that that is going to be anywhere near as much of an issue for the Mississippi native as he progresses through his sophomore season here in Columbia. Alrighty, we've talked about wide receiver, we've talked about defensive back, and we've talked about linebacker. Now let's move on 
to the defensive line position group. And let's start off with two separate defensive tackles in TJ Sanders and Nick Barrett. Nick Barrett was also a guy that defensive coordinator Clay White mentioned as a possible breakout candidate for this defense in 2023. Let's start off with TJ Sanders, though. TJ Sanders in 2022 racked up 16 total tackles, which included one tackle for loss, one sack, and he also recorded one pass breakup to go along with that. Why do I think he could break out in 2023? Scheme continuity is one reason. So, as I've said already multiple times, TJ Sanders, he's going to his third year in Clayton White's defense. That is obviously going to be a positive form that is going to help him out immensely. But the other reason why I think TJ Sanders could break out is the mentality change that he has had under new defensive tackles coach Trayvon Robertson. There's been a lot of talk, of course, about what Trayvon Robertson is bringing to this team. Trayvon Robertson is a very intense coach. He is not a guy that's afraid to make his unit start over an individual drill in practice. If he feels like the effort is not there or the consistency and performance is not there. And he also is not afraid to make guys sort of restart an individual drill where it's just a one-on-one and everybody else is sort of watching them. He wants these guys to get better and he does that through forcing them to give great effort and essentially being consistent with that effort. And that is something that has stuck with TJ Sanders because when he talked to the media on Wednesday, just yesterday afternoon, he told the media that one of the things that has changed about him under Trayvon Robertson is his mentality. He has a more consistent attacking mentality than he did before Travion Robertson got here. And that is great to hear because I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this before on the show, but if you haven't heard me talk about this before, I'll say it again. I really think that TJ Sanders is essentially a younger Tonka Hemingway, a guy that had a lot of athletic history coming out of high school, was a multi-sport athlete for his high school And somebody that can just do a little bit of everything. He can play inside, but he also possesses the athleticism and overall IQ and ability to play on the edge as well. And I could see TJ Sanders basically doing what Tonka Hemingway did last year, which was he got more snaps in that case because Alex Blakey Huntley still with some injury issues. Hopefully that's not the reason why. But I could see TJ Sanders getting a lot of rotational snaps, and when he goes in there, making the best of the reps that he gets. I am a big TJ Sanders fan. I'm a big believer in this kid and what he can do. I am very confident that the South Carolina native is going to be a player that breaks out for this team in 2023, and I certainly think that it would be great to take some of the pressure off of the veterans in that starting group which will be Tonka Hemingway, of course, and Alex Boogie Huntley. Now let's move on to his counterpart, likely on the second string, in Nick Barrett, who totaled 14 tackles, two pass breakups, and one interception in 2022. Why do I think Nick Barrett could break out? Well, one, kind of like I just mentioned with TJ Sanders, he's going to have more opportunities this year. Nick Barrett has already accumulated a lot of appearances for this team, but for the most part, He's been playing a lot of special team snaps and just some sparse defensive line snaps here and there. This year being a second stringer, he's going to get a lot more opportunities to go out there and show what he can do on the football field. Secondly, same deal as TJ Sanders, scheme continuity. Can I emphasize that enough? Lastly, just based on what I've seen in practice to this point, 
Nick Barrett, when it comes to his size and his ability to move on the football field, I think that both facets are on an even playing field now. Now, that's not to say that Nick Barrett was not a good athlete when he got to South Carolina, but y'all know this. When linemen get to a college campus, when they enter a college football program, whether it's the offensive line or the defensive line, sometimes they already have the size as soon as they arrive on campus. But they don't move well enough for their size, at least at the beginning. But as they get into a strength and conditioning program and they take a couple years to reshape their body, correct their nutrition, and also learn the playbook. They start to play a lot faster, and eventually their ability to move on the football field catches up with their size. I think that that has happened for Nick Barrett this offseason. I really like how well he moves on the field for his six foot three, 327-pound frame, and I think that that's going to help him make a much bigger impact for this defensive line in 2023, especially in the run game. I could certainly see him being a big factor in an improvement for the Gamecocks defense in that category. All right, the last player that I want to talk about real quickly to end today's show is edge rusher Brian Thomas Jr., another guy that was mentioned by Clayton White at USC's Media Day event. Now, last year, pretty simple. Brian Thomas Jr., he racked up six total tackles. That was it. Nothing more, nothing less. So why do I think Brian Thomas Jr. could break out? couple things. Firstly, he is definitely bulked up when it comes to his frame. The thing that stuck out about Brian Thomas Jr. this past season that probably held him back from getting more playing time was the fact that Brian Thomas Jr., quite frankly, had a very small frame. Weighed around 230 pounds. Kind of looked like a twig seeing him from the press box against some of these SEC offensive linemen. Just did not have SEC size quite honestly. And he played a lot late in the year because, well, they needed him to. Jordan Stroud, of course, towards ACL in week two against Arkansas. And after that, a bunch of other guys had to step up and contribute a little bit more. That did include Brian Thomas Jr. to a certain extent. But seeing him in practice, to me, Brian Thomas Jr., he is not 232 pounds like the fall roster says. I think Brian Thomas Jr. is a little bit closer to 240 pounds. And I think it's especially noticeable in his upper body. And that is good. I think that that's going to help Brian Thomas Jr. when it comes to actually being able to consistently go out there and play consecutive snaps against some of these bigger SEC offensive linemen week in and week out. Secondly, I've talked about this before as well, his spring game performance. Brian Thomas Jr., in my opinion, was a winner of the spring game because he flat out dominated back in April. He got after it against Tyshawn Watermaker. He dominated Marquis Anderson, some of the snaps he got against him. And yes, some of those guys might not be starting in those particular spots. But the point is, it did not matter who went up against Brian Thomas Jr. that night. He outplayed basically everyone. And he didn't just do it in pass rush. He also did it in rush defense. And that really caught my attention in the spring game. And so after that, I've kind of had an eye on Brian Thomas Jr. since then as a guy that could break out. And that leads me to my last point. Similar to Nick Barrett and also TJ Sanders, he's going to have more opportunities to play on the field this fall. Right now, he is the second string weak side defensive end behind Tyreek Johnson. Maybe it was a one-day thing when I saw it. Maybe he'll still be an edge rusher. But it seems like that that is his spot right now. 
if that's the case, we all know that defensive linemen, they're going to get rotated in and out of the game. That means Brian Thomas Jr., he is not going to have to basically sit on the bench unless a guy gets hurt. He is going to get a lot more chances to play this fall. And I think, quite frankly, with the improvement that he's made both in his size and seemingly his more balanced skill set, being both a pass rusher and a rush defender, I think that Brian Thomas Jr. is going to have a chance to really improve in terms of the stat sheet that he dispenses at the end of the 2023 season. With that being said, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show. As always, what are your thoughts on the guys that I brought up as potential breakout candidates? Do you agree with my list? Or are there certain guys that maybe I left off that you think should have been included? No matter what you think, let me know down below in the comments section if you watched today's show on YouTube or Shoot me a direct message on Twitter at A-Line underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. As always, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and I'll be sure to catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast.